What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Penn Town's Finest Podcast. I am your host, Dante, and welcome to the show. Um, I just, I guess I had a, you want to say a revelation, as they say. I'm seriously thinking about giving up on uh, social media. It has become a little out of control, in my opinion. Like, people share too much on these platforms. I mean, really. I mean, you got, you know, you, what would YouTube be? It's social media, of course, but it's more of a entertainment business platform, you could say. Because it's all about creating content and things like that. So, so is so has become you know Instagram, TikTok, and all these other things. But every time you turn around, you got something crazy going on with celebrity couples, people, all kinds of stuff. You got the situation with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp defamation case, and he's trying to prove that she lied about the. And it's oh, it's mess. They airing each other out on camera TV and it'd be like live showings of it on YouTube of course those type of things and you got the Will and Jada situation and now Cam Newton is in the mix I do want to touch on the Cam Newton situation because when I watched I was like so what is people's personal problem with that you know what I mean I looked at it, I'm sitting here like alright let me watch in this full context and one of the things I just didn't quite understand why people got mad. I said, that's his opinion. And I said, he's going by how he was raised. So his his perception of a woman is what his mother was to to his father. So that's his perception. And you can't get mad at him for having this perception about how he was raised and how he came up. And a lot of people got on him about women was making the comments about catering to a man's need knowing when to shut up and what I want to say ladies when a man says cater to a man's needs it's the simplest thing in the world see I don't know what it means like sometimes that word triggers certain people but you know what the easiest thing is to cater to a man's needs making him feel important like everything he's doing is is it's is paying off stuff like that like if he comes home from a, a long day of work any woman listen to this show I want you to do this if you got a boyfriend he comes home from work. He's had a long day. Sit on the couch. Have him have him lay his lay down on the couch. Have him lay his head on your lap and rub his head and ask him about his day. Do that for 10, 15 minutes. That's it. That's that's the stuff we look for. That's the catering we, he's talking about. He ain't talking about bow to a man's knees and do everything. Just see a man just want to feel appreciated. Everything he's doing out here, humping and humping his tail off out here and making, I mean, the mortgage, you know, all the bills, the kids is cool. You cool. He just want to feel appreciated for all the stuff that he does. And that's all he wants. That's all. That's all the type of catering he's talking about. Now, when some people hear that, they think you should always do what a man says. I mean, make him, you know, like you're thinking too much, thinking too much into this. It's the simplest thing a lot of time. And the comment about you need to shut up. I've had seen women when a man has a plan in place or he's talking about something and the woman's going back and forth with him. Now, as some women say, I've seen this a lot of times, too, that if he ain't working and humping his tail off, he can't leave. I agree. 
I agree with you with that one. I mean, if he ain't really contributing in the way where he's out here handling his business as a man, he ain't got to make a lot of money, but he got to be out there handling his business. And men know what I'm talking about. Out there hustling, getting you a job, doing what you got to do, pay these bills, making it, you know what I mean? Making it happen, that type of thing. And I get that. But then when you have some women in these situations where they make more than the guy and they say, I'm not going to let him leave because he don't make as much as me. And I was like, so, I mean, then what do you want? <laughs> if you don't want that, a man to lead you, then what are you looking for? Because it comes down to a balance when it comes to a relationship. Y'all both got to, I mean, work at this together. It's a partnership. You know what I mean? If your man's out here making most of the bread, got a house, paying all the bills, making sure you and the kids is cool, all he wants from time to time is to come home and you be his uh, peace of mind. When he comes home, you're going to make him feel good about everything that just happened to him, terrible at work or whatever he was doing. When he come home to you, you're his peace of mind. That's it. So I don't understand why a lot of people get triggered by what people have their opinions on. Like if a guy says, I prefer this, this, and this, and this. Okay, that's his preference. Women say women have their preferences all the time. They like want a high value man. He has to be six five. This like I don't understand why this is such a double standard when it comes to things like this. I seen this one woman. She had five kids. She wanted somebody six five tall and all that stuff. And that's her preference. And I don't. That's what she wants. There's nothing wrong with that. And if a man has his own personal preference, who cares? That's his preference. But there is a double standard when it comes to this. Like a woman can say, I want a man who makes six figures. Like a woman say, I make six figures. Like he got to make six figures. And he has to have this, this, and this, and this. So if a man says, I want a woman with six figures. And she got to have this, this, and this, and this. What's the difference? That's the way I look at it. And like the problem with social media has become that. It's these, as they call them, trigger words. Boss chick, bad bitch. Uh, what else is there? Um, what other one of these trigger words? Um, I guess you could say lazy in aspects of how to please a man, something like that, right? Those things trigger people. And I always feel like if it doesn't affect you, or I mean, have anything to do with you personally. Why do you care? But if you are reacting to it, it's obviously something that that person said that really bothers you because if you feel like it reflects on you. like, Because it was kind of strange that one of these women was telling Cam Newton this 2022, uh, I shouldn't, she shouldn't cater to a man's needs and all this other stuff. I was like, What'd she say? He, she, I shouldn't have to cater to a man's needs. Um, I'm not going to shut up for any man. Or whatever, right? Whatever her thing is. But then in the next line, she says, I will make a great wife. And that's another thing I don't understand. How a lot of people who's never been married try to give so much advice about marriage. Like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, you have your opinions about marriage from the outside looking. If you've never been married, you can't really give too much advice about maintaining a long-term marriage. You just can't. Like, 
my cousins, may they rest in peace, they both was married for 30 years. So obviously they know something about maintaining a long-term relationship and a marriage at the same time. So I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And like on one of my coworkers, she's been married for 28 years. So it's like they have information that I could use to help me along the way when it comes to my relationship and trying to build towards a marriage. How is somebody who's never been married for trying to give me advice about getting married? You see what I'm saying? It's like that's a like that's one of the things you have to realize too. Pay attention to where the information is coming from. If somebody's giving you dating advice about how to get a certain type of man, do they have one? Or a brother out here trying to tell you how to get a good woman and he doesn't he's not married or has a woman. Like how are you telling people that? You know what I mean? Like, some men can give advice about personal experiences with women. Like, he dealt with a woman like this before. And that, that's different. But when it comes to, like, long-term relationships, you got to talk to people who's actually in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't sit here and talk to somebody who's never been married before but telling you how to maintain your marriage. And it's anybody will tell you, it's, it takes work into making a relationship work and that's one of the hardest things I'm still trying to figure out at this age I try to get better every day I try to be a better person every day and just try not to do things that didn't work before because when I sat back and looked back at it it made me realize that was that's not right to be this way because of whatever like personal way of thinking about things when it comes to you know how to treat a woman how to be about it how not to be uh i wouldn't say a dominating man but a man who always wants to be in charge of everything and don't want to take criticism from your woman knowing she may have a point or anything in the situation when it comes to dealing with any part of the relationship like something happens I don't agree with what she says just because I don't want to agree with what she said. You know what I mean? I, I had to learn that. Like, it's okay to listen, pay attention to what she says, and actually think about it and just take stay, take a step back and say, okay, I see where she's going, that she may have a point there. You know what I mean? And that's what I had to learn over years. I'm still learning to this day. But having said all that, I'm on the verge of just like, when I go on social media, it's either going to be for promoting the brand, promoting a new video or the podcast episode, things like that. From now on, it's like it's nothing but it's like nothing but it's like daytime drama at your hands 24 seven. Before people used to watch their little stories and get their little fix for a half hour to one hour. Now you can just get up 24 hours a day and that's kind of bad. So I'm trying to. I'm thinking about just like not leaving, just just using it for business purposes from now on. But it's just sad. But having said that, I'm going to go into something that, you know, touched me in a way is that Gilbert Gottfried. Now, he passed away. He has this muscle disease, muscle dystrophy, I think it's called. And basically, it affects your muscles and it affected his heart. And, you know, your heart is a muscle. So... He passed away at the age of 67. Now, he's known for the character Iago in the Latin animated movie and the Affleck commercials. And I know he had, a few years ago, I think he had an issue with something or he said something where they took him off as the Affleck 
Bird. So I don't remember, but I remember it was some type of controversy around something he said. Some were said and dead, and they just took him off. But he passed away. May he rest in peace. And I heard this uh, touching story that the, the Broadway cast of Aladdin paid tribute to him um, right before their performance. And, you know, like, his voice was iconic. Like, if you heard his voice, you knew who it was when you heard it. Like, that Iago. Like, sometimes it amazes me how people do voice acting work, and that's their actual voice. Like, that was his actual voice. And that's what made it kind of trippy. Because his voice was kind of like... Like, it, it, it stood out. And that was kind of funny. That... Like, I love animation. That's, like, one of the things I wanted to do when I was younger. Be an animator and, like, animated cartoons and stuff like that. So, I was always big on animation. And that made me, like, really excited. And, like, one of the things I learned and paid attention to over the years, like, um, Kevin Conroy. Like, his actual voice is different from his actual Batman voice. So, it's like, he's one of those versatile voice actors where he can play different characters. You may not know who he is. Where Gilbert Godfrey, when you heard his voice, you knew who it was. Like, even Mark Hamill has a little distinctive voice when it comes to certain characters he's played. But he's most known for me, in my opinion, in my generation. As the Joker for the animated animated uh, series and the video games, and it was kind of interesting that you know how people can come up with a voice in their head and portray it into the character that's animated, and you wouldn't know who it was. Like Seth MacFarlane's big for this; he does characters on Family Guy and American Dad, and the thing is. I remember when I first started watching Family Guy, and one of the things that kind of caught my attention was I thought Seth Green was the voice of Peter Griffin. I didn't even think he was a, uh, the voice of Chris. So then, like, one time I seen this behind-the-scene video, and Seth MacFarlane did, like, all the voices that he does in the uh, show on this, on this talk show or something. And it tripped me out. I was like, he does all these voices? And it was crazy. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That, Like, what gets me, though, but his one, his his actual voice is Brian Griffin, the dog. So it's kind of, he said when he does table reads, he'll do the characters and their voices. And, like, <laughs> he said he'll go back and forth. And it'd be, like, seamlessly, like, flawlessly how he does it. And it's just amazing. So I just want to say rest, rest in peace to my man, Gilbert Godfrey. Praise go out to his family, you know, distinct voice, all that stuff. Iago for life. And also want to mention that DJ K. Slate passed away from complications from COVID, which was shocking to me because I didn't hear nothing about him being sick from COVID. But it's just, look, COVID, we all know COVID was nothing to play with. To this day, now, some of these mandates and uh, restrictions have been lifted. I believe back here in Philly that the mass mandate for indoors is back. It came back on the 18th on Monday. And, you know, I'm not too too much of a fan of it anymore. Like, I've got vaccinated because I feel like I'm vaccinated. I shouldn't have to wear a mask. And I get it. 
I could still spread it, be asymptomatic, and get it to people. But I'm like, I'm vaccinated. Can everybody else just wear a mask and I'm cool? Because <laughs> I'm vaccinated. Like, I feel like I'm at that point now. I shouldn't have to wear this. Like, I'm just done with it. Like, just give me, you know, if I get sick, I, I take that common cold symptoms. Yeah, so, yeah, the mask mandate is back. And supposedly he died from COVID complications for four months. I've been hearing a lot about that, and this is the disturbing part for me, is that some people that have caught COVID, they call them these long-term COVID effects, and that where, like, you still have symptoms long after COVID has, I guess, run its course. I seen one video where this guy said he gets hot flashes, or is it hot flash or a cold flash? It was one of them. And he uh, basically, he goes, like, during the day, he'll have his feet soaking in water. I don't know if it's cold. I don't remember if it was cold or hot water. But it, he would just soak in, like, water because he kept getting these, like, hot flashes and things like that from COVID. Some people still have, like, the body aches, the aches and pains and all these things. And I'm sitting here like, Wow. Then I heard DJ K. Slay passed away from complications for the past four months. He was 55 years old, so I don't know if he had any borderline health conditions. And it's just one of those situations where I don't know if he was vaccinated, so I can't really talk about that. But he was 55, may have been out of shape, may have been overweight, um, diabetes, all these type of things. So I hope my prayers go out to his family and... um, you know, everybody just stay safe out here when it comes to COVID and everything else too. A lot of violence is going on too. Like here in Philly, it's like a shooting every day, and like, and it's not like one. It's always like two or three, sometimes four or five. Like, it's sad. So I want everybody to stay safe out here. Stay vigilant. Pay attention to your surroundings and. If you don't have to go someplace you don't gotta be, you don't go. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to stop. I'm not telling you to stop living life, but if you know it can wait until tomorrow, let it wait. Handle it tomorrow. That's all. So that's a lot of social media stuff going on. A lot of you know some passings of some good people. But now I want to get into some positive. Well, for me. For y'all, it may not be, but for me, it is. The Thor Love and Thunder trailer was released, and I must say, I was a little, I don't know how to put it. It was exciting to see, but I was a little disappointed because it was like, it's like I wanted more, and I didn't get it, but I understand it. It's a teaser trailer. Where, you know, they only going to show you just enough to get you excited. So they had, you know, this scene in the beginning where Thor's running as a child in the forest or whatever he's running. And then he's like at a teenager's age and then he's like at an adult age. And he has this Viking look this time around. He doesn't have the comic book Thor look. Because he had like the fur 
on his uh, armor and all this other stuff. And like he has like he has the cape, but he also has like the fur that like Viking type of look. And he's you hear him say he's done being a superhero. And I guess in this movie he's on his own personal journey to trying to find something that makes him happy because he done lost a lot. His best friend Heimdall, his brother Loki, his father, his sister, his home, Asgard, like you name it, he's pretty much done lost it. So I guess he's on a mission to try to, you know, find something that makes him at peace. So you see him with as guardians, they run into battle. He kind of like, no, y'all got this. I don't want no parts of this. And that's like, it's Thor. That's all he likes to do. He likes to go into battle. And so looking at that, I'm like, cool. Like, I'm really excited to see because they did not show Gore the God Butcher, Christian Bell. Some people seen the toy, you know, they seen the toy of of Christian Bell and like are really disappointed in the fact that how he looks. I guess the director decided he didn't want to CG Christian Bale. So they made him more of a humanoid type of character, which is fine. Which I don't understand. Like some people have a type of way about he don't look like he does in the comics. Does Thanos look like it the way he does in the comics? He looks like Josh Brolin with a big purple head. So it's like, I think sometimes people need to put their feelings aside and have to realize this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not Marvel Comics. Yes, they take from the comics to kind of build a story around their movie. But what you see in the comics is not what you're going to get in the movies. I thought y'all would have realized that by now when you got Ego, the living planet, as a celestial and it's Peter Quill's father. Right. Where his father in the comics was Jason from, what is Spartax? Something like that. So, right. See what I'm saying? So, and Adam Warlock is being, his origin story is being changed somewhat in here. So, it's okay. Now, I'm waiting to see how it looks on film. Because that's another thing I realized, too. Like, what looks on pictures and things like that. But when you see it in action, it's different. Because sometimes you'll see it in, like, a still. You'll be like, oh, that don't look right. I don't think I'm going to like it. And then when you see it in motion, it's different. So, And they don't, like I said, they don't show gore. But you do get Jane Foster as Mighty Thor. And I'm curious about how... The hammer got reforged. Is it because she found it? Bits and pieces of... Well, like, saw it laying down on the ground in Norway. And then when she went to go pick it up, it reforged itself. Curious about if that's the case with it. If that's how it's going to be. Um, Like I said, you have to watch the movie to see how it all plays out. And... The music... I've, it felt like that music was perfect for that trailer. It just was, in my opinion. I forgot the name of it, of the group and everything, but I thought that song was just like, I was like, yeah. It reminds me of the Thor Ragnarok and how that music went with that movie. 
I think the Guardians are going to be in it for like, I want to say the beginning of the movie, maybe the first quarter of the movie, right? I think in the first quarter of the movie, we'll get the Guardians and then they're just going to just dip off somewhere and he's going to go do his own thing because they got the, he got the boat with the two goats. He flies through space and then he has a new costume where it's gold and blue. They call this the Rune Thor, but he didn't have his helmet on. So I'm curious to see how that all comes together when it comes to like how it's going to play out. Because you see in one scene, he's on that boat and he's, you know, going through space or whatever. But you see the the hammer, the axe opening the Bifrost at the same time. Which was odd to me because he's it's standing right it's like standing right next to him and you can see him doing the bifrost, but he's not controlling it. So it's like like I said, that's more context we need to see when we actually see the movie. So interesting. I have to wait and see, but I'm excited because when I go see Doctor Strange, you know they're gonna have this trailer attached to it. And I look, let's be honest here. Movie trailers and movies are meant to be seen on the big screen. It's a totally different experience. Like, I, what was the trailer I seen where I was like, oh my goodness, this is way better compared to that I see it on the YouTube. Um, like, matter of fact, the first Doctor Strange trailer that came with Spider-Man No Way Home, like, it was just a different experience. It's like, you can touch it almost on the big screen. You know what I mean? So when you see it on like a TV screen that's like 45, 60 inches, yeah, that's fine. But you got that big movie theater experience, and there's nothing close to it. So I definitely, I got my tickets for May. When was it? Matter of fact, where's my, where's my phone? Matter of fact, no, I got my laptop here. Let me see. Look at the calendar. Let's see when I got it. Um. May 9th, right? I got my tickets for May 9th, 1 o'clock. And yeah, it's not opening day because I actually have to work that Friday it comes out. But I am off that Saturday. And I'm not trying to go when a bunch of people are around. That's just me. I don't want to go where it's jam-packed because, you know, the way... Disney is advertising this this film is like is up there with the Avengers movies. Every two seconds, I see a new thirty second spot because they did what two trailers and like nothing but a, a bunch of thirty second spots. Because I don't even think they did this for Shang Chi and um, the Eternals. I don't even think they uh, marketing budget was that high because like. Because the word is that the projection of how much it's supposed to make at the box office is this. It's supposed to be around 150 to 200 or 205. And the way they advertise, and I can see it making 205 because it's like every time I see a new trailer spot, 30 seconds, June. And last time they did this type of advertisement was for Avengers Infinity War. Like that marketing you know, budget must have been crazy because they had so many 30 second spots for the chant, the uh, 
the call or whatever. It's like it was a whole bunch of 30-second spots. And that was the year, you know, because the Super Bowl was in February. So, you know, you have the 30-second spot for the Super Bowl. It's not like they did here where they had a 30-second spot trailer, which was completely different than the actual trailer that you got because it was footage in that trailer that you didn't get in this trailer. So when you got the 30-second spot, then you go then you go on YouTube and they release the actual trailer. Crazy, right? But ever since then, it's been a whole bunch of 30-second spots. And it's like when Shang-Chi and the Eternals came out, they got a couple spots, but they ain't have as many as Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor Strange is a sequel, and he's more of a well-known character because he's been in one. Okay, let's go down the list. Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok. Infinity War, Endgame, No Way Home, Doctor Strange 2 now. That's five movies, right? Did I forget one? Let's double check. He was referencing the Winter Soldier, but he wasn't actually seen. So that's five movies. And the thing is, that's I think that's the end of Benedict Cumberbatch's contract with Marvel's five movie deal. And Marvel feels now like if you wanted to keep playing a character, we'll give you a new contract so you can keep playing the character. But those long-term contracts where they be like six and seven, eight, nine movies, they don't do those no more. Because supposedly with um, Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight, this was like a one-off shot, which I don't believe. But And we will get to the Moon Knight review when all six episodes has come out and released. Because I don't do episode to episode. I just do the whole series at once. And just go by the first episode to the last episode. And get my opinion on every each episode and some of the Easter eggs that I've seen and come across. But I'm excited to see this Doctor Strange movie. Because I'm a fan of like the character. Like magic and all that stuff and his first movie I thought was all that because especially some of the effects that he made and like the hand gestures that he's starting to learn and like we all know comic book fans all our Marvel fans out there you know what I'm talking about what I'm about to say Tony Stark Doctor Strange and Reed Richard all have a similar look and they're all similar as far as their characteristics as a, a person too they're all confident a-holes they are all of them well all three of them tony's a, a, a tech billionaire who feels that all his tech is solve all the problems no matter what because he just feels that way in his head reed richards is a, one of the smartest people in the marvel universe and he just can be an a-hole because he because th- he think he knows everything because in, in his mind he's very intelligent he knows everything Doc Strange the same way too. <laughs> he was an arrogant sar- surgeon and got his hands messed up and never became magic. He's still the same way. He just looks at things a little differently, but he's still a bit of a hole when he when he wants to be. They all the same character, and they all have similar looks too. Like Doctor Strange has the like blonde streaks in his hair, like Reed Richards. You know, like that's they look, and like that was been the joke for comics for years. But. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I got my tickets for May 1st at 1 o'clock on a Monday. And, you know, everybody go back to work and back to school. So I should be straight. It shouldn't be too crowded. I might see it the second day, too, depending on how I feel. Or a Sunday. But, like I said, I don't like going on the weekends because it's just shush, crazy out here. And, like, I try not to be around too many people, you know, because... 
sometimes can be people can be a mess. But that's something to get excited about and let me know how y'all feel about the Marvel trailer coming out. I mean the Marvel trailer, the Thor Love and Thunder trailer coming out. Did you like Jane Foster as Mighty Thor or anything? Are you excited to see Doctor Strange? Let me know in the comment section. Now, I want to talk about this Netflix thing and how Netflix lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of the year and lost $50 billion in one day. I think that's kind of crazy. But, yeah, they lost $50 billion in one day and lost 200,000 subscribers, which it looks bad on paper, but you still have to remember they have over two hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars, two hundred million subscribers worldwide. So that really boils down to about three billion, maybe four billion dollars a month in revenue, not in profit, but in revenue, which is nothing to sneeze at. So they're they're in good shape. What they have to do is probably restructure some things, change some things around, and um, like for me. They have some shows that I I was big fans of. House of Cards, great show. Ozark, great show. Um, Orange is the New Black. The first few seasons I liked, but I kind of fell off at the, I think, the fourth season. That's just me, but you have Ozark, which is a classic for me. Stranger Things. They have great shows. Now, some of the stuff, they they believe more in quantity instead of quality. Like, some of the, like it was this one movie I was so excited to see. It was about the, you know, the world ending or something like that. I forgot the name of this movie. And the world ends at the end of the movie. But, like, the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm sitting here like, what am I watching here? Like, Forrest Whitaker was in it. He died off midway through the movie. And, you know, everybody's trying to get their family to get away from this big... I think it was a volcano erupting or something. Like, something happened. But then when it actually started to happen, the movie ends. And I'm sitting here like, wait, hold up. Did you just end this whole thing like that? I was like, come on, man. Then it was, I want to call it Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Like the idea and premise was great. Like I like the fact that it was a creature or something or a being. If you was to look at it, it would possess you and cause you to go mad or crazy. So you had to, you know, basically walk around with a blindfold on or you were getting hurt. So during the course of the movie, all the, you know. And I had an issue with her calling the kids boy girl. Instead of giving, like, she gave them names at the end, but for me, it was more like, she's like, boy, girl, boy, come here, boy. I was like, okay. Something I got to deal with with the course of this movie, but it was like, okay, whatever. So I just dealt with that part. Then when I got to the end, my thing is this, it's a twist for me, but I was like, for real, you got a city full of blind people? (laughs) like you got a city full of blind people really I was like but I get it because no matter what people were doing they couldn't stop this being and I don't know if it's going to be a sequel to that I'm really curious about how they're going to make that story go and that's the thing with Netflix 
some of their movies are like pretty good, pretty decent. Then there's ones like that's like, huh? Eh. And I was like, like what was that movie with? Oh, Chris Hemsworth's Extraction. Pretty decent movie. And it leaves you guessing at the end about what happened, but it's supposedly a sequel, and it's shot. But that's one thing I do like about Netflix. They take their time. Oh, it's another show they got is The Witcher. Good show, love that show. You know they they got some they got some hit shows where I'm like, cool, this is a banger right here. And then you got like stuff that's on there. I try to watch. I'm like, yeah, you can keep this one. I'm not a fan. Um, but I actually gave up Netflix, and then my mom said, look, no, I'll pay for it. We're gonna keep it. I said, all right then. And to be honest, whenever I turn on my Apple TV, I go to YouTube, of course, and then I'll go to Disney Plus. See, the reason why Disney Plus will have the advantage over a lot of these other apps, Marvel, Pixar, those two brands alone made me get Disney Plus. I grew up on Marvel Comics. I grew up on the Marvel cartoons when I was a kid. Spider-Man, X-Men, all those things. So they have these things here. And they that, that had me. And Pixar, I'm a big fan of that. Like I said, I wanted to be an animator when I was a kid. So seeing how they created, taking animation and made it into a CG type of, basically, a new style of animation. Because they was one of the first one to do a full, 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 full length feature film, CG, and like I've always tell people, like Pixar's movies are adult theme but kid friendly because of the way they look and where they pop, and that's why I tell people like they're like soul. They're talking about death, like up the the beginning of the movie. The wife dies. And he's going through it and he's emotions and he's doing all this in a state of love. That type of thing. Inside out. That's dealing with depression. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Cars 3. They call it the peanut pan syndrome. You don't want to give up what you like to do because you don't want to deal with what's really going on outside of the world. Um, Turning red. Coming of age story. Like, I found it funny that the, the panda turned red and it's basically, you know, a way of telling the young lady that she has this occurrence once a month. And anybody who's a fa- like a parent, especially fathers, if you have daughters, that's the first thing you know that lets you know your daughter is becoming a young woman right in front of your eyes when they have that. Once they have their little periods, that is the first thing that comes to you and and you go like, yeah, <laughs> she's she's becoming a woman. She's going to have the hawks on her. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. <laughs> that's just how it go. And you can't get mad. You kind of, that's a part of life. And it is what it is. And that's just how it go, though. But, yeah, like, Pixar deals with that. What else was another movie? I had an interesting theme. Um, you know, Coco. You know, 
the night of the dead, talking to the afterlife. Right. Uh, what other movie is there? Like, if you look at The Incredibles, that shows you the ups and downs of trying to maintain a healthy family. If it's some, you know what I mean, trials and tribulations along the way, like, the husband, you know, Mr. Incredible, his whole life was dedicated to helping people. And when when that got taken away from him, he went through a bit of a depression, and he had to pick himself up, but his wife stood by him and showed him, like, look, yeah, I remember the glory days, but we got to do this now. You have to change with the times. But all he wants to do is help people. And it's hard when you feel like that's your purpose, to help people. And then when some people take your purpose away, you feel like you're losing a lot. And you see that in the first movie. So, And then like Ratatouille. Another coming of age. Basically, that movie is all about don't give up on your dreams. Follow through your dreams. And if your dreams don't work out, you got to get a job. And that's it. So, when it comes to Netflix, they have a lot as far as the catalog, but a lot of people pulling their content off Netflix. Like Disney already said, they want all their content in one place. So they pulled, I couldn't believe that they pulled the Netflix Marvel shows. I thought that was like Netflix owned, but the way somebody presented it to me was that basically they just licensed those things out until they were done. And then it's time for them to come back to Marvel. So now they're on Disney Plus, which I don't understand about Disney Plus is that you created a parental section for TVAMA TVMA and you still censoring things like there was a situation with Falcon and the Winter Soldier where Zemo shoots the guy and it's like blood in certain places and his eyes is open. Then they went back and re-edited and took the blood out and closed his eyes. So I'm saying to him like, what's the point of having a parental guidance feature if you're going to be doing this stuff? And then they supposedly fixed it and put it back. It makes no sense to me. Like, what in the world got you thinking that, oh yeah, yeah, we did this, but we really didn't want to do it to this extent. Look, there's parental guidance. Let it be like let the parents put in the codes or whatever to not let the kids watch certain type of content okay keep it that way don't give us parental guidance and then start taking it away from us it just makes no sense to me and um, I don't think Netflix is in a bad situation but it just doesn't look good on paper right now and you know investors are starting to look scared but and to see, the sad thing about Netflix is that they have nothing else to fall on. Like when you got Disney, theme parks, cruise lines, merchandise, movie lines. You know, they got revenue that comes in that can kind of cover the cost of a Disney Plus. It wasn't bother them. Apple, same thing. Hardware, mostly the, mostly the iPhone and iPads. That's the business, you know what I mean? Apps and things like that. So 
four ninety nine for them is not hurting them. They're a three trillion dollar company. Same thing with Amazon. What Jeff Bezos did was the smartest thing in the world. He invested in a lot of other companies and just and built Amazon to a two trillion dollar company. And like I said, they can get into and take, you know, chances on things because they're not going to blow all their money, like in one fell swoop. Even Microsoft, they're a two trillion dollar company. So you know, it's the situation where these type of companies can have streaming services or streaming services with video games, and it won't affect them because they're okay as far as financially. Netflix is just Netflix, and that's all they got. So they started a new video game service. I wonder how that's going to turn out, but it's a little worrisome over there because, like I said, I can live without Netflix. And one of the features that Netflix has that it may have, it may have took its toll on them to this point until now, but dropping everything all at once, I mean, for me, I love it. Give it to me all. I am going to take two to three days off from work and just sit there and watch that all day long. Be glued to the tube. This weekly release stuff is good as far as keeping people subscribed to the these um, streaming services. But the problem is, it's just like, oh, my God. It's like network TV all over again. Like, it was cool back when... In, when you didn't have all this stuff. When everything's at a touch of a button now, that's annoying. Like Moon Knight. Now I get why it does build anticipation for the next episode. It does keep you engaged and keep you coming back for more. You know what I mean? It's those type of things that have you invested in shows like that. So, that's, I get that as far as why they do it. Now, Netflix is doing something similar where they'll drop half the season in one month and two months later they drop the second half like they're doing with uh, Ozark. I think the first season came out, well, the first the first seven episodes came out, I want to say January, I forgot what actual date it was. And then April 29th, the second half is coming out. Same thing with Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things comes out in May. The first half and the second half comes out in July. For all that, just do weekly release then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't have me engaged and watch six to seven episodes and then tell me, yeah, you got to wait two months for the rest of it. But HBO Mac did did this with Young Justice, which I'm a big fan of. I was a fan like because that was the thing. The first two seasons was on Netflix, and I just started watching. I said, yo, this show is really good. It's well written. So then it was canceled for a while. Then it came back on the Disney Universe app, and they shut that down. The third season came out, there, and they did the same thing. They came out with the first three episodes, then the next three episodes, then a couple episodes here and there. And then it took a hiatus for like six months. Then the second half of that came out, and it was like I had Disney, not Disney, DC Universe for the Titans, which was a good show. And then you had Young Justice. And they was do- they wasn't doing like weekly releases. They were doing weekly releases, but they were doing like three episodes at a time. Then like they had a six months I hate this. It was it was a good it was a good chunk, right? And they did the same thing with this season, season four of Phantoms, where 
they had you did the first 16 episodes was it 16 or 13 13 episodes the first 13 now they're doing the second 13 and I forgot when it actually came back like it came back unannounced I was like the new episode is out what's going on so one of the issues I have with that show is the still still motion movement storytelling aspects now like before it was just dialogue animation style all the way through now they do like these still motion pictures where they're telling the story and giving you a perspective of how it's going in that in that scene but it's all stills and motions and i'm like what happened to like physical motion and dialogue in this thing not a big fan of that but i guess it's the way to you know storytellers want to tell a story feel like they bet they can get um most from the story by doing it this way and i don't know but yeah but it is what it is but netflix is i think they're gonna do all right they're just gonna make some adjustments change things up a little bit and just adjust to the whole new competition they got um new layout as far as like when shows drop, they're going to go weekly here and there. We won't see what they're going to do. Now, they, I do see them doing that eventually. Weekly release, yeah. Just to keep people engaged. Keep people with their subscriptions. So, that is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Pentown's Finest Podcast. Thank you once again. See you next time. Peace.